Hi everyone, it's Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to today's episode. Before I launch into the episode, I wanted to share a couple of things with you. Today's episode is extremely powerful and it's all about creating change from within and how that can help you on your journey in your life. And I feel like now, especially we're in a moment in time where we have to get very clear about where it is that we want to go and change habits that support that. And I want to talk about the difference between goals and intentions and what freaks people out. I'm going to share some of my stories as well as give you an extremely powerful exercise at the end of this podcast that is very simple that you can do in order to support you on your journey. But before I do that, I do want to tell you about the SAS experience that I'm doing. This is a live experience with me where I'm going to take you through the SAS pillars, which are the pillars from my SoulFinder Academy program. And I'm going to take you through um, all these experiences of getting, uh, helping you with your subconscious thinking, aligning uh, with your soul, remembering who you are, soul ignition, lighting your soul, and synchronicity, how you are already in communication with the universe, but may not be aware of it, or maybe getting the wrong um, messages from the universe because the universe is unclear what it is that you desire. So if you want to join me in this SAS experience, check out, go to joinsass.com, joinsass.com and check it out. And you will extremely enjoy this. We have done this experience twice already and people have had an incredible breakthroughs in just a week. So if you're interested in learning more, go to joinsass.com and you can read about it there. I look forward to seeing you in that experience. Okay, let's get going with the episode. Hi everyone, it is Marilyn Aloria and welcome to episode 15. I can't believe it's episode 15 already. Wow, I committed. I'm doing it and I'm happy. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about change and setting goals and how why goals are such a scary word and why it's more important than ever now to be clear about where you're going and how to let go of goals and let go of the brackets and really um, be concentrated on the journey. We're going to talk about clarity and why that's important. I'm recording this on January 11th, 2021, and it doesn't matter when you listen to this, it is going to be appropriate for your life because there's going to be a lot of um, information in here that's going to help you to live a life that's more synchronized with the universe. And what I mean by that, I will explain in a minute. The end of this episode, I'm going to give you a very powerful, simple exercise that was given to me by my guides that will help you to set up success in your own life. Now, I don't know how you term success, but success is to me is living a life aligned with my soul, living a life that is um, things I love to do. Um, for me, it's I, my guides taught me a long time ago, this one to 10 list that I teach all my students. And one is the least fun and 10 is the most fun. And you want to have your day a majority between seven and 10. So we are going to be focusing a lot on that right now. We're going to be talking about the intensity right now that's happening and why change is inevitable. It's going to happen no matter what. So why not be part of that change? So I don't know about you, but for me, this year already started out with a, a bang. It's like, it's been so busy and I have been committed. I committed myself last year to making sure this year I'm not running around working like a lunatic. It was just so important to me to make sure that I'm playing and having fun. So this morning, actually, I got a little delayed on my work because I was setting up my tennis games because tennis to me is extremely important, extremely fun, and I love playing. And that's a priority for me. As much as my business is a priority for me, my home life is a priority to me, my health is a priority to me, playing is a priority to me too. And I noticed this weekend when I was working through my own goals and intentions and writing about them and I was playing so much tennis, I realized that I had this belief system inside of me that I felt guilty about having fun. And I paused for a second and I was like, why do I feel guilty about having fun? And then I was taken back to my mother. And when I was a teenager, I was a crazy ass teenager. I was doing cocaine like crazy, drinking a lot. I was getting into barroom brawls. I don't know if she knew about the barroom brawls, but I'd come home with marks on my face. I was nuts. And she always got on me about going out. She's like, I could only go out on weekends. She was very strict. I was not allowed to go out during the week, only on the weekends. 
And, but she'd be like, you're always going out. Why do you need to go out? You go out too much, blah, blah, blah. So for me, that was fun back then. I do not recommend it to anyone. It was really a lot of wasted time and energy, to be honest with you, to be doing that much crazy shit. But I realize now that I have this belief inside of me that anytime I'm doing something fun, it's wrong. So we're going to be addressing some of these beliefs that you may be carrying around that are not supporting you to where you want to go. And in order to get conscious about the beliefs, which is um, one of the first things in my pillar system, the SAS pillar system is subconscious thinking. When you get conscious to your subconscious thinking and you start changing that subconscious thinking to support where you're going and what you're doing, you start living a life that's more aligned with your soul, which is my friggin' goal. It's one of my goals. I want to share another subconscious thought that I recognized uh, just this past week and last week, actually. So last Monday, the power went off in our area and I really have a hard time when the power goes off. I live in a place where there's no cell service. So I really do get cut off all communication and I don't like it. It makes me extremely uncomfortable. And the first time it happened where I lived, it happened for about three, four days. We didn't know how long they were going to do it for. And uh, they were doing it to for fire safety. And um, it really sent me into a little bit of a tizzy, a PTSD. And I noticed it. I knew what was happening to me, but it was like a runaway train. You know, it was happening. And I was like, wait, the train's running off the track. You know, get your shit together. So this happened recently last Monday. And I was like, "Um, why do I feel this way? What is this about? There must be a subconscious belief in there. What does the power going out make me feel? And I was like, oh, it makes me feel unsafe. And I was like, but where is that coming from? Now, of course, I grew up in a lunatic house. So safety was not like the priority in that family or what, uh, I don't know what it was because it was just like craziness all the time. Um, and a lot of you I know relate to this. It's not like I have any different story than a lot of people out there. But I was like, okay, so it could be that. But then I remembered my mother sharing a story with me that when she was pregnant for me, she went into false labor on the big blackout I'm not going to say what year. I don't know if I'm ready to give my age, even though everybody knows, ah, 1965, who gives a shit anymore? Okay. So it was a big blackout and she had to go to the hospital because she was having labor. She thought she was going into labor with me and she didn't. And I'm assuming, and, and I can't ask her now, unfortunately, because she has Alzheimer's, but I, as the story went on, I feel like I remember her telling me that it was, she was like afraid, you know, there were no lights, no power. And back then in 1965, it was even more scary, right? So I was like, ooh, I wonder what got through into the womb for me. Because this blackout thing, when power goes out, it's not rational. So many of us carry these belief systems that whether they happened, uh, whether you believe we've already had this past life conversation, the karmic energy, whatever you believe, it doesn't matter to me, or it's stuff that happened to you when you were a child, we're still carrying them around to today. And we're wondering why our goals and our intentions and our dreams are not coming to fruition. And a lot of it has to do with our subconscious thinking. So I want to help you to make this the best year yet. Now, I understand that we're in an incredibly interesting time with this COVID and everything that's going on. And I know a lot of people are waiting till COVID is over before they start living their life. Now, I'm not going to get into any conversation about that because I respect everybody's opinion around this, but there's an inner landscape that's got getting forgotten during this experience right now. And I want people to really build up that inner landscape because that is what creates a very fulfilling life. Now, I have to do a side note before I get into what I want to talk about the inner landscape, because this may be pissing some people off. I was just, just this past weekend, just thinking about people who have lost their jobs or in really, really difficult situations. I have a friend who lost, you know, people losing people to COVID and, and just what's going on. And I honestly... Like from my heart, I can tell you that I feel really bad for people that are struggling. I don't have words for it. I really don't. I have, um, when I see a situation where I can help, I help and um, I help through prayers and I help through energy and I help through feelings and I help through getting messages out there. And that's what I can do for me, right? But I do want to know, I do want to say that I know that there are very difficult things happening in the world. And I also know that before COVID and we'll say even after COVID, there's always difficult things happening in the world. We're just in a very interesting time. So what I noticed even before COVID happened is people were waiting for something to take place in their life before they allowed themselves to have the life that they wanted. 
they were they would wait until their debt was paid off before they wrote their book or took that class that they really wanted to take. They were waiting till they lost 20 pounds until they fell in love. They were waiting until they got their teeth fixed before they did a Facebook Live. Whatever the story may be, everybody has a story. And I want the waiting game to stop no matter what is going on around you. And I am speaking from my experience, okay? So I don't have your experience, but I'm sharing my point of view. I was listening to, um, I believe I said this last time, when I was listening to Jim Rohn and he was sharing his opinion about people who are just rubbing crystals together and hanging out underneath pyramids and waiting for life to take place. And he's like, don't do that. And he was like, well, that's my opinion too. That's my point of view. And in that thing that he was in, he's like, you're paying for it. So have it here. You're listening. So you could either turn me off if you don't like me, or you can continue to listen if that's what you like. But we honestly don't know what's going to happen. And in that time, I'd rather us not wait to see what happens. Because for me, I've noticed this pattern being part of people's repertoire. I instead want to put you into a powerful place, put you in the driver's seat of your life, and have you really start changing your life from the inside out and creating from the things that you really want to create. Really um, noticing what you have control over, for the lack of a better word, of what how you can create certain things. And I'm going to share a lot of stories, my own stories, in helping you to understand how I did it and how you can do it too. Now, before I move forward, I want to tell you where this is coming from. So I have recognized, and I, I believe I shared, I, I, I do so many forums, Facebook Lives, and then I have Membership for Your Soul and Soul Finder Academy where I do lives. And now the SAS experience I shared in the intro, we have this thing, this live SAS experience that we're doing at the end of January. It doesn't matter when you're listening to this because it's going to be a thing that we probably do. So you could go to joinsass.com. And if it's not happening, there may be a free class there or something there that we'll put up on that page. Or there won't be anything there, um, depending on how long you listen to my podcast, what years. But th- this is all coming about for me because... I got really real with myself last December, early December, um, just not like a month ago. And I recognized how much I needed some things to change in my life. And I am somebody who lives a fairly healthy life, healthy healthy thinking mindset, um, healthy eating, healthy exercise does not mean I don't go off. One of my favorite things is potato chips and pretzel sandwiches. It's when you take these, I like organic potato chips, organic pretzels, and then I put them together in a little stack and I eat them. Like one of my birthday cakes that I used to want was potato chips and pretzels put together with onion dip. Okay. That's like a fantasy. So, but for the most part, I eat healthy and I do all these things. And I I got real with myself. I'm like, there are certain things I really want to change and I'm ready for great change. And that's when I heard, well, then you better commit to change and you really have to make things happen and you have to get really focused about it. So one of the things that you really want to get clear about is you want clarity. If you don't have clarity about what it is you want to change, then you're not going to know what steps to take, what belief systems to shift, what things to say no to in order to bring you to that change. It's just not going to happen. If you're continuing to do your life with the same things, it's not going to change. And let me tell you something, and I know my community, we have very healthy habits in that community because we're doing journaling and meditating and talking to our guides and learning about our psychic abilities and whatever is going on. But if you've been doing those habits, like me, for quite a few years and things aren't changing, that means you got to shake it up, man. You got to start adding things. You've got to start realizing where you're hitting a wall and what you need to do in order to create even bigger change. So that's where a lot of this is coming about, my own change and how committed I am to it. I'm ready to live my life based on my what I feel is right. I'm ready to be done with certain habits. I'm I'm ready to stop saying yes to things that I don't want to do. And I'm not going to apologize anymore for who I am. I'm ready to live my life completely on my terms. And I already do to a degree, but I'm done with people's opinions. Like my domineering brother who thinks I should live a life according to his plans or the haunted voices in my head from parents and teachers. Like I'm ready to be done with all that. And instead, I'm choosing to take center stage of my own life and really announcing to my guides and the universe, like, this is what my heart desires. This is what I desire. And I'm not veering off the path anymore. I'm not veering off the path and letting, even if something slows me down a bit, 
I'm staying true to my intentions. I'm staying true to my heart's desires. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, I'm too old or I'm too this or I'm too that. I believe in it. And we're going to talk about like how you could take the brackets off your dreams and how not to get so hooked into it being a certain way because then you're doing yourself a disservice and how to really get into the journey. I'm always amazed by people who um, go into the dreams and then something happens like a domineering brother telling you how to live your life. And then you listen to that voice over your, the pulse in your heart, over the things in your heart. And then that pulse gets weaker and you can't hear it and you can't feel it. And the noises, everybody, all this outside noise becomes louder and starts domineering the voice in your heart, the, the sound in your heart. So I want to get you clear on the dreams in your heart. I recently just shared with uh, my tennis coach on Friday, we were talking about something and she was um, sharing something about her own dreams. And I was helping her, I was coaching her on it and uh, she was coaching me, so I was coaching her and I was giving her ideas because I really have a great area. I'm really good at marketing and seeing outside the box and helping people to see ways of doing things that they, they don't necessarily see. And um, I, I told her, you know, I, I was like, I really believe this is great for you. I said, my mission in life it is to let people, my mission in life is for people to know that the dreams in their heart are meant to be lived, that those dreams in their heart are meant to be lived. And she said, oh, that's really lovely. But she said it in a really nice way. Like she really meant it. And I went, I stopped for a moment. I was like, you know what it is? And it made me even anchor more into my mission in life getting people to believe that the dreams in their heart are meant to be lived, not to suffer. And the reason why I say that is it's true. But my dream of being an actress, that was the dream of my heart. And then I went for it and I made it happen. And then it didn't happen. It started not, I started not getting auditions. I didn't get a commercial. I mean, man, I can't tell you how many commercial auditions I went on. And first of all, I'm sure it's my Brooklyn accent, even though I worked so hard on getting rid of my accent. Second of all, I'm like, unless I'm getting a Domino pizza ad or a ragu Sunday ad, it was like, it was a little bit hard, right? Limiting beliefs. I really don't care. I'm kind of thinking it's funny. I'm so I'm making a joke out of it, but I never got a commercial. I'd get callbacks and then I'd never get the commercial. I didn't take that stuff as no's. Like in the moment, yes, it was disappointing. It was very upsetting and it would definitely, it would have it derailed me for a tiny bit. But there was something inside of me that was like, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. And because I didn't stop and because I didn't pause and because I kept working on myself and, and working on my um, mindset and how I felt about myself and what that bad experience made me feel, I discovered this. So sometimes the visions in our heart, they're just the visions that we have in the moment. What's more important is how they make us feel and that we go towards them. And when you're walking on the journey towards them and then you get hit with a disappointment, it doesn't mean the universe is telling you, no, you can't have it. Nah, 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 nah. No, it's not that. It's a character building moment. And it may not be the thing you're supposed to be doing. That might break a lot of people's hearts right now because I remember when I was an actress and if somebody had said to me, maybe this isn't what you're supposed to be doing when I was so attached to it, I would have punched them in the face or I would have been like, oh, you're done, not your friend anymore. And I had those people and those people sometimes were friends and stuff. But really what I'm trying to say to you is that I stayed true to that dream of being an actress. I really pursued it. And then because of it and because of the disappointment and working on myself and then my abilities started opening up like crazy. And because I was already living an out-of-box life and I started focusing on my abilities and learning about my abilities, I found my soul. I found the deeper meaning in my life. I, I feel like I fell into my heart and my soul by going on that journey. And I found who I am. And I don't, I, I walked away from it and I don't miss any of it because I'm doing what I love to do. I wouldn't have walked away from it if this other thing didn't show up that made my heart beat even louder. And I am on a path that my brothers don't understand at all. Now, my father did because my mother, my grandmother had it and he was intuitive. My mother understood it. Um, they kind of got it. But unfortunately, 
they were already at an elder age when I started really getting into my psychic abilities. My father was so, I used to study tarot a lot. And my father was so into the fact that I was studying tarot that I bought him cards. I brought him books. He was loving it. You know, and my mother, she always had, she was always intuitive in my opinion. She read people like nobody's business. She was able to see through their bullshit in a second. But I, unfortunately, my father's not with us any longer. My mother has Alzheimer's. It's not something I can discuss with them. So in my family, I'm a friggin' weirdo. And if I allow that to dictate my path, I'll be a really unhappy person, a very depressed person. So I just threw a bunch of stuff in there. And the clear message I'm trying to get through to you is that The dreams in your heart are meant to be lived, but without brackets and without attachment. So when you really go towards clarity and your goals and attentions, whatever you want to call them, it's really about the journey towards them. It's about the commitment to change. It's about the habits that support them. And it's about you doing the things that really are moving the needle forward, not the things that are stopping you from moving forward or disappointing you. And when a disappointment comes in or somebody tells you, you can't do that, or who do you think you are? Pause, take a second and look at yourself. Do you believe them over you? Why? That be- that's probably, they're mirroring a belief that you learned either young- when you were younger, or if you believe in past lives, when you were King Henry VIII, whatever it is, rewrite that belief. You need to rewrite it to move forward. I don't know how many of you saw that sweet movie called Soul by Disney Plus in in Disney Plus. I I bought Disney Plus just to see this movie and I just loved it. It was just like, it was amazing to me. I'd been hearing about the movie and of course this was the weekend that I watched it. And of course that was perfect harmony with what I was working on in my own life. And the movie is so great because he's going after a dream, going after a dream. And and then he, he finally gets the thing that he wants. I don't want to give it all away. Actually, I can't give it. I'm going to give this part away. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and it, I'm not giving you the ending, I'm just giving you a line he says. So don't worry about it. You're not going to know the ending by this thing. Um, He says to the woman after he does it and does this, he's a musician and he had a dream come true. He turns to her and he goes, like, I thought I'd feel different. I thought it'd feel different once this happened. What do I do next? And she said, you show up tomorrow. And I found that really interesting because I was, you're on this journey with him and we all know what it's like to get a dream to come true. And then we get there and we're like, is this it? Or you're excited for like a day or two or a month. And then you're like, okay, what's next? Or maybe you're excited for a year. And you're still like, then what's next? We're constantly evolving. We're constantly moving forward. And the movie is a great example of enjoying life, enjoying essences in life, the things in life. And that is what life is about, the adventure of life. So I want to put you on your path to your goals and have you enjoy the journey and not make it about the end point. Instead, make it about this journey. That's what I teach in uh, Soul Finders Academy, right? The SAS experience is about um, the first S is subconscious thinking. It's really getting clear on the limiting beliefs that are stopping you from pursuing your goals, your intentions, your dreams. The second one is alignment with your soul. It's remembering who you are, who you identify with, who you want it to be. And not through disappointment and some of that comes up a bit because you have to heal that stuff, but it's more about celebrating your true voice, your true essence, and then lighting it up. That's the the second, you know, S A, the S next S is soul ignition. That's when you light it up, man. You set it ablaze and you're like, holy moly, I'm freaking doing it now. Um, I'm like, say you're writing a book, right? And you want to write a book. I'm writing a thousand page uh, words a day, or I'm reading about that memoir author. I'm reading about that author who couldn't get her book. I think it was The Help. I think I can't remember. Watch the video, YouTube video of an interview with her. And I can't remember how many times she was turned down. And then that was an Academy Award winning film. I mean, come on. How many times do we have to hear these stories to stop getting off the path? So soul ignition is really igniting your light. And when you ignite your light, It's very hard for somebody around you to say, 
for, for you to hear even when they say you can't do it. You're like, all right, that's your limiting belief, not mine. See ya. Or if they say that and something comes up in you, you're able to handle it because you remember the subconscious thinking part. You remember who you are. And then you're like, hey, man, I'm ignited. My life is getting better than ever. And that's where synchronicity happens too. So in, in my course, I teach like that moment where somebody may be saying to you, you can't do this. That's the synchronicity too, because that's where this universe is saying, so how serious you are. And you're like, I'm serious, man. And you just keep going. And who knows, you may turn around to that person because you're in so much love with the idea of what you're doing and yourself and your line to your soul. And you respond with, you know, I understand how you feel, but this is what I feel. And then all of a sudden you shifted something in them. Maybe not there. You may have shifted a belief that they have around you or belief in themselves that they start believing in themselves. How many times has that happened where somebody says something to you and because you're so in the power of what you're doing and you respond back in this loving, neutral way, you don't need to defend it. And then all of a sudden you've shifted them and they're on their journey. So there's so much beauty around all of this. And I want to talk to you about how to believe the dreams in your heart are meant to be lived. And I've shared this story before, and sometimes I'm going to repeat stories, forgive me, but I feel they're powerful stories. I used to write monologues and perform them. And I wrote this monologue about, I can't remember what that one was particularly about. I'd have to go find it. But it was definitely about pursuing my dreams and my dream coming true. And I had a line in there that said, I believe your dreams in your heart are meant to be lived, not to suffer. And somebody laughed. Now, I'm funny. I haven't been funny that funny on this podcast, but I promise you I can be funny. I'm more funny in my Facebook lives for some reason. I'll get there. I'll get there. I promise. Anyway, I said that line and I was like, in your head, when you're performing a monologue, you're kind of like, you're still like, there's a part of you that's aware there's an audience. And I was like, huh, that wasn't funny. It wasn't meant to be funny. What the fuck is he laughing at? And then at the end of the show, I was introduced to him and he said, that line you said, that was so funny. I was like, huh? Why do you think it was funny? And he's like, because that's not true. That was his belief. And in my heart of hearts, I didn't believe that. So I want to get you to believe it, but I want you to get to fall more in love with the journey than anything at all. Because what spirit has in, in store for you is so much bigger and greater than what you have in store for yourself. I'm really noticing, my guides told me this a while ago. They said, stop living your life from past experiences. Make choices to where you want to go, not where you came from. And I'm noticing it more and more how past experiences are freaking taking up too much space in my head. I'm like, why the hell am I thinking about so-and-so who pissed me off a month ago? Like, what a waste of time. What a waste of energy. And it's, I've already worked through it. I already understand it. That's like a habit. It's a habit that's getting in the way. Your habits are super important. Habits are everything. How you're spending your day. When you have a clear vision about where you want to go and you start looking at your habits, are they supporting that journey or are they taking it away? You have to stop saying, oh, I'll start it tomorrow. I'll start it tomorrow. I'll start it tomorrow. You've got to get on this path now. And all of this builds the qualities you need when you're really on your journey and you're going towards it and a disappointment comes in and you're facing it head on, I don't care if you're crying for 24 hours, you're still dealing with it. You're still learning what you need to learn. You're building a character trait that's getting you ready for the opportunity. If you don't have those character traits and the opportunity presents itself, many people run and hide because they're not yet ready. They didn't build that character trait of courage. I already told you last week how I was in that uh TV network meeting and I called the executive a bitch and the other one I told her not to name her daughter Jennifer when her name was Jennifer and I forgot it because I'm so bad at names. You have to have character. I had many character building moments before that moment so that I didn't die and shrivel up and give it all up. Man, did I have many character building moments. So I want to share a couple of stories about when I had dreams come true. And I want you to think yourself what dreams you set out to have and when they came true. And I want to talk about different things on the path that happens because I'm hoping that through my experiences, you're going to recognize your own life. Because in my experience, when I really, really put my head to something, really put my head to it, I usually made it happen. I usually made it come true. And 
then I always found myself in that moment, like I said before, like, okay, so what's next? And not that I was dissatisfied. It was just the next level of the evolution. It's That's what happens. You're growing. Your soul is growing, man. It's growing and it's evolving. So one of the first things that I made happen was the high school. I went to a grammar school that was um, a very, very, very strict Catholic school. It had cement walls around it. I don't know how many feet high. I'd say like 50 feet, maybe 20 feet. Who the heck knows? They were so high, nobody was scaling those walls. And it was a school where my mother had a call when I got, you know, when I was born to get me on the list. And I went to school with all the mafia princesses and the mafia princesses' mothers would bring um, the nuns lasagna every Sunday and big ziti and, you know, food for the week, pretty much. My mother wasn't doing that. She was a single mother of four and barely scraping by, but she knew one of the nuns in there and she would tell the stories of what went on. I f- I'm trying not to curse. I hated that school. I just hated it. I was so misplaced. I just could not stand it. Um, the majority, and, and it's nothing about the, um, the cultures at all, but the majority were Italian and they definitely had a different upbringing than me. I was Italian. We were pretty Italian, but I was a divorced kid. I was a poor kid. Um, you know, I went to, so I should tell these stories. Well, I used to go to, they they were, some of them were really good to me and that the parents were very good to me because they knew we didn't have much. And, uh, one girl, she was actually in my dream the other night. I'm not going to say her name. They are the mafia, right? So I'm not going to say the name. Anyway, um, I went to her house and on, she used to have a pink Christmas tree and everything was decorated perfectly. And it was just beautiful. And I'd be like, wow, you guys do this? And she like laughed and said, no, we have people that do this. You know, I didn't know. Every Sunday they went to the grandmother's house and they had a big Italian meal, big Italian meal. And I went a few times and uh, it was just unbelievable. I can't even get into those conversations. And then uh, once her brother pushed me off a wall and I fell on my back and I was completely scraped up and cut up. And she told her mother and the father and the father was furious. He was so nice to me. With his, he'd put his little hat on going into his mob meeting and he'd take me home in his car first before he went to it. But he was so good to me. Um, and he made the son come home. He's like, you're not getting Sunday dinner. And the mother turned around to me and she started yelling at me when the father, how dare you? Why did you tell him? Now my son can't eat. That's like, that's very Italian. Like the sons are everything. Meanwhile, I felt like a hole scraped up back. It was just tons of stories like that. And I didn't fit in. I didn't. So when high school came around, and I had the idea to choose high school. And plus I was a terror in grammar school. I mean, we were learning French from first grade. I can't speak a friggin' lick of it. Um, by the time I got to eighth grade, I just, I couldn't stand Madame Tinoy and she couldn't stand me. There was this little um, ornament. It was a bird and I named him Alfred. I don't know where he came from. It must've been during Christmas. And I would throw Alfred across the room. I was just a terror because I hated them. And they, a lot of them hated me. The teachers hated me. I don't blame them, but whatever. I was like 13. They should have been nicer. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Lots of stuff there. I was just telling my therapist about it and I just skimmed over and she's like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. We got to go back to that grammar school. And I'm like, okay, let's go back there. Anyway, so I decided I wanted to go to Kearney and there was the, the, all these Catholic schools. And this was, you know, back in the seventies and private schools, whatever you want to call them. And Fampan was more of like the, the smaller school, much more Italian and Carney was mixture of different nationalities. And I really wanted to go there. I was going to private school and that's where I wanted to go. And my father was like, you need to go to Fampon. I don't know if Fampon's still around. Unfortunately, Carney closed. Carney was phenomenal. And I was like, I'm going to Carney. Now I was a ballsy kid, man. And I just stood up to my father and I was like, you're not telling me. And luckily for me, I had a really a good mother in a way, a lot of ways where she allowed me to have freedoms. And she was like, you're going to Carney then. And I got into Kearney and I am so glad I did because it was a bigger school. It was, um, you know, for those days, somewhat it had different nationalities. You know, it's Brooklyn in the friggin' seventies. Let's not get into that conversation. Right. Um, and, uh, 
I went to Carney and it was one of the best experiences of my life. I met the best people. I had the best time. I was an all girl. I went to an all girl school for 12 years and it wasn't an all girl school. It was not catty or petty man. We had each other's back. This is what talk about loyalty. There was loyalty there. Like I remember one girl went out with one of the other girl's boyfriends and we pretty much all cut her off. Like you did not do shit like that. It was not right. So um, I may be pissing some people off that listen to this and like, yeah, I'm that girl. And we're like, well, sorry, you shouldn't have done that. Anyway, so that was a dream that I made come true at a very early age. There wasn't a lot of outside static that could stop me. So my father was the outside static and my mother was like, nope, do what you want to do. Then my second dream, I didn't want to go to college. My mother filled out the applications. I was a real druggie into a lot of drugs and drinking and partying. And I was like, I don't want to go to college. And she's like filling out my applications, making sure I go. And thank goodness she did that because she got me into a school. My grades were not good. I don't think my SAT scores were that good either. I can't remember. Um, And it's not that I wasn't smart. I didn't apply myself. And she got me into like this capital achievement program at Pace University. And I realized I needed to get out of the neighborhood. I got thrown out of my house twice. She threw me out of my house. I moved out on my own. It was a long story. I was in, then my father sued me. It's, that's a story we'll get into another time. Uh, Cause it really doesn't have to do with psychic ability, but it does. All of this has to do with your psychic ability. Let me explain why. And we're going to get more into like the Claras and what they mean and what psychic ability is. But many people, when they struggle with their psychic ability, it's all this friggin' crap because this crap gets in the way of you believing in yourself. And when you move this crap out of the way, you hear divine voices, you hear the divine energy, whether it's your own intuition, your own higher self, I don't care what you want to label it. It's divine and it's soul connection and it's universe connection. But when all that crap was in my way, man, I couldn't make out the voices in my head of what was what. So I wanted to, I had to get out of the neighborhood. I just knew I had to get out and my mother, I'm not going to get into that story now. That's a big story. But anyway, so I saw a Marist. I wanted to go to Marist College and I made it happen. And when I went to Marist, I lost my identity because I had never been away from, I grew up in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, a very small type of area in Brooklyn that was very, we all knew each other. It was like a small town in a, in a, in kind of a big city kind of thing where there was more bars and churches in a square mile. It supposedly it was in the Guinness Book World Records that we had the most bars and churches in a square mile. And there was a bar pretty much at every block and we were partying in those bars. So I knew everyone I, I grew, I ran with, you didn't just run. Like I had six or seven very close girlfriends, even more than that, actually very close friends. And then you were like with a hundred people and that's no exaggeration um, that you knew. Like we'd hang out down in Moonman Park and there would be like 50 or 60 of us and we knew each other. So I went to Maris and I was like, people didn't like me. I was like a sore thumb again. I luckily had gotten into a great house with uh, these college friends that I'm still friends with. They were, they're just incredible women. And I, I'm telling you, man, I hit insecurity like nobody's business, but I'm, it was the best thing I ever did. It grew me. It got me out of my small minded Brooklyn thinking. It threw me into um, different scenarios with different, uh, with diversity and I learned and I learned about myself and I learned my own limitation and I started pursuing my dream to work in TV at that time. It was behind the scenes because I pushed away the, remember the dream, the heartbeats, the dreams, the acting, that voice got quiet because everybody told me I couldn't do it. So the voice that was big in my heart, because my brother said, do that, go work in TV, which was really great advice. I'm grateful for my brother telling me that. So I started getting working on my, I noticed my insecurity. Luckily I had really good friends around me, really incredible friends who helped a lot. And then I went to MTV. I got my job at MTV. Now everybody was trying to get a job in TV and I got it, man. And I really grew my career in there. And again, like, so every time you go for a dream, I'm not going to go through all the examples I had. Every time you go for a dream, I got it. I was working there. It was tons of fun. Another place I made a lot of friends and I was freaking miserable because it was not what I wanted to do. It really wasn't what I wanted to do. So another character building moment. And I remember at MTV too, um, I felt like a little bit like a sore thumb because I was in production management, which is more the 
financial and logistics side, although we were constantly traveling with the producers and the creatives. I started dating someone in the company who was pretty, whatever, well-known. And then we broke up and he started dating the girl who was sitting four feet away from me after we'd gone out for like two and a half years. It was not good. It was not good. It was, it's just a weird situation. And um, I learned a lot from that. And I, I learned how to, I learned my limitations and that's what pushed me into therapy. So all of these things are dreams that I went for and you're not hearing me saying, hey, it was smooth sailing. I decided to do it. And then like the doors just opened up and I walked through them and everything happened yet. Carney, I told you one little thing that happened. I was like 13. Okay. I don't remember. Maybe other things happened. Marist, I like lost. I was like, I just remember being there wanting to get the fuck out of there because I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Nobody likes me here. And then that changed. And then MTV was phenomenal. And then I was like, I felt weird there. I started dating someone. It became a horrible experience in some respects, some aspects of it. I also recognized I wasn't living my dream in my heart. So there were things there. Like it, it's not all kittens and puppies and unicorns. I hate people that talk like that. Like everything's great. It's blissed out. I'm like, how you doing? I'm amazing. It's so amazing. I'm like, very rarely, I think I knew one person in my life and I actually met him in Tony and Tina's wedding who when he answered that way, I believed him because he was so grounded in his faith. And I'll tell you his story. He um, was walking across the street with his friend and his friend got hit by a truck right in front of him and died. And um, I think he went downhill from like, I don't remember his whole story. He was a beautiful person. We all like, Tony and Tina's was such a mess of a place. Talk about putting 30 dysfunctional people in a show where you're improving so that they're, you know, you're supposed to be like improving in character. And my brother, who's a, a nasty kid, is like doing mean shit to me and you can't act that way. You know, it was just nuts. Like, I'll get more into that. But um, he went into um, his spirituality and I think he started a church and we all looked to him because he was just so grounded. And when he told me things were great, I believed him. It was so grounded. But most people that are like, it's all bliss. It's amazing. They're, they're a lot of, to me, they're just pushing something that's not true. So there's all these different dreams. Another dream is um, when I started work, uh, working at Tony and Tina's, I was Tina. I really, really, really wanted to fall in love. Before I joined that, my dream was, and I've shared this before, to become an actress for a living, to fall in love and to find inner peace. And I got the lead in Tony and Tina's and I was like, okay, this is not what I meant about falling in love and getting married. I didn't want to get married every night. You know, it was great. And then I still, I still wanted to fall in love. And then I met my boyfriend in Tony and Tina's wedding at the time. And um, that was, it was great, right? We dated, we lived together and then we broke up. And it was such an incredible relationship that when that relationship ended, it really threw my soul into a little bit of a tizzy. And um, he and I were friends after he actually asked me to marry him, but it was too late at that point. And then he recently passed like over a year ago. But I'm just trying to show you, and I've noticed like just working with my therapist on certain things right now, that um, the little traumas that were set up and that was like us breaking up when we were so freaking close was a, a moment in my life that was difficult. You know, there was like a little bit of a betrayal there. So things happen. But what those things are is they're setting you up for the next success. They're setting you up for the next thing. And if we can start looking at our life as an evolution and not looking at it as a beginning and an end, it becomes so much easier. The journey becomes easier because I don't look at things in my life like when when difficult there difficult things are happening i try to find solution i try to find why it's happening i try to find i i don't sit here and go you caused this you know i i'm more like okay so what belief system is in me why am i what's going on here what do i need to learn about myself what do i need to grow what do i need to change what better choices do i make did i make bad choices or did this just happen how do i need to meet this and what do i need to do to transform it into the next thing when you truly go for something, you can make it happen. But then you, you have to be conscious to how you feel. 
because the next thing is being set up for you. You know, the next thing is being shown and I'm not living in dissatisfaction anymore. I'm not living in the highs and lows of my life. This day is great. This day sucks. I used to live there all the time. And instead, it's more like this. It's, it's you know, it's definitely it has its moments where I'll be like, oh, I think I noticed this the other day. I was like, oh, I'm a little sad. And then I say, why am I sad? Did somebody say something to me? Because sometimes I'm sad and there's nothing to be sad about. It's a habit inside my body. My body's just that unconscious thinking is bringing up something that's bullshit. And all of a sudden I'm noticing like, wait a second, why am I sad about that? That's like, get rid of that. Get out of here. And I get rid of it. So, or sometimes something was said to me and I brushed over it because I moved on to something else and I have to spend a little more time with it and go, wait, wait a second. That, that bothered me. That's when you get into conscious living. That's when the subconscious bullshit isn't driving your life anymore. So you want to pay attention to how you feel. That's so much more important. So set the goal and think about it. Think right now, something that you'd really desire. And I really want you to choose something that you've been wanting maybe for 10 years or 20 years or two years. And, you know, it's, I would, I set a bunch of goals, you know, so it's not just one goal. And then I pick one main goal that is going to help me to have the character that I need for all the other goals. So I don't know if any of you know Hal Elrod, um, he has a book called Miracle Mornings, which I read a while ago, which I really liked. And his name came back into my awareness uh, just recently. And I went to his podcast and he's got a great podcast about goals. I think, I don't know what episode it is, but you'll see it. It's 2021 goals. And the way he, uh, descri- the way he describes it and the way he de- describes New Year's Eve and like the ending of the year, I completely agree with. I always say this, like I'm never at the end of the year going, it's the end of the year. That time is not linear. We just have a consciousness that it is. And it's, and you can have a ritual around it. But you could do that now. If you're listening to this in April of whenever, it doesn't matter. You can do this now, right? So um, if you want to take check that out and listen to that, that might be a really great way to kickstart some of your goal setting. But I'm going to give you a trick right now that I want you to work with because I don't want you to come from limitation. I want you to be in the journey. I want you to be in the emotions of it. So a lot of times when we have a goal, say our goal is to... Um, I'm going to use a goal. I want to write a book this year. I have so much content. When I was sitting down to just write notes for this podcast, this whole thing that I'm going to share with you came through. Things come through for me very easily. Content is one of the easiest things I can create because I have these guides that are just like, we're waiting. We want to share this. And I need to make more space and time in my life in order to write this book, which I'm committed to this year. I've been wanting to write this book for a while. I actually have courses that we have transcribed that will be great books, right? Um, and I got as far as a, a, a writer, copywriter, putting it together, and then I never got to to edit it. So what do I, why do I want to do this? Because I love writing. And, and I've had English teachers. I had one English teacher mark up my paper, and he's like, this needs to go to the emergency room. It needs to be triaged. It's the worst paper I've ever read. I've had, I went to an extension writing class in NYU and I, and the woman was like, I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what you're doing here. Pretty much is what she said to me. And then I've had writing teachers say to me, wow, you write the way you speak. You write poetically. That is the way you want to write. So it depends on opinions, right? And I, you know, I've even had, uh, it's just constantly, I even had a friend say, wow, you're writing because my grammar isn't great. My punctuation isn't great. Who gives a fuck? You have editors for that. What I say is great. I love storytelling. You know, and then I've had a lot of people be really moved by the stories I've shared or written. So you want to believe in your thing. So for my thing is I just want to get my books out there to teach people this work because it's so much easier than people think. And I teach in a very creative way, in a very experiential way. So you're having the experience. Like, yeah, I love teaching through my stories, but then I want you to have the experience because that's the only way it's going to anchor into you. I had a student this weekend leave me a message about how she's been in membership for three years, membership for your soul. And she's just like, I'm just so grateful for all the tools and techniques I've learned. And then she shared this experience. I don't have her permission to share it. So I'm not going to do that. But she shared this experience of where she was very present in, in the moment with friends when it was a, a, something was going on that was pretty difficult and tricky. 
And she was able to mediate the situation into a peaceful type of at least outcome with, with conversation and communication. And I really appreciate that. And that's anchored in her. I'm not there. She can't pick up the phone. If she, call, if she called me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you bothering me for? I'm on the tennis court. My, my students know how I am. They, they know I'm there for them. I support them. I want them living the best life yet. But I also have boundaries. <laughs> so, um, but still, she doesn't need that. She's got herself. She doesn't need me. I'm putting, I'm teaching them tools and techniques so they can put them in their body and they have them when they need them. And what I loved about this message is I left her a message back. I know she won't mind me sharing this part, plus I'm not sharing her name, but she's, she's really such a great student. Um, I said to her, you know, I don't think enough people have acknowledged you for what you can do. And I want to take this moment to acknowledge you and notice it, that you did this and you did it so well and start acknowledging that more in yourself. So I want you to acknowledge that you all have it inside of you. I just love giving the tools, the techniques. I love being the GPS system. I love like the times when my students tell me, (laughs) I love, I love this. We just did a call, a transformation call with Tarot and I was having them dream into 2021 and I gave them pretty intricate stuff to do because they've been in my programs. They can do it. And I love when I get, I don't know what questions to ask or I'm not hearing them. And then I ask them two or three questions and they got it like that. They just don't believe in themselves. They just not, they don't have that muscle to trust. Okay. So I want you to think of a dream, a goal that you have. Okay. And we're going to build a star using this goal. So I want you to feel this goal and feel right now first, like what this goal will make you feel. So I'll use the book goal as I take you through this. So I feel like, first of all, I want more time in my day to just sit and write because I really feel like you'll see this if you watch the movie Soul, he goes into the zone. And I feel like I really go into the zone when I write. I really am just, I'm in this soulful place. I remember once I was writing um, a screenplay and I was in this cabin with my boyfriend and um, this priest who was in love with my boyfriend and my boyfriend's brother. Yeah. And, um, I was writing and apparently they poured water on my back. I didn't even move. I didn't even feel it. And I told my friend uh, about it and she said, oh, you were in your soul. That's why that happened. It's that moment. So I want more of that in my life, you know, and I want to be able to do that. I want the structures and the systems of my business to be dialed in. So, So how does it make me feel? Peaceful, exciting. I know my guides are like, jump, 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 like Pac-Man. They're like, we've got so much stuff for you. We're trying to get it through. I want to talk to you about what happens when people die. Like, they're like, come on, got to get the stuff through. How does it make me feel excited, passionate? Can't wait. So how does your dream make you feel? And you can pause this because I usually if we're doing this live, I usually take people through the experiences. I do that on my Facebook business page, by the way, it's Marilyn Aloria One. If you want to visit me there, I do a lot of Facebook lives there. Or joinsass.com. That's going to be the place you're really, I mean, I never, I've never done, like, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. We've done the experience before, but to the level of like people investing a little money, um, it's not a lot. For me, it's not a lot. I don't, you know, everybody's got their own thing. So I'm not going to put a judgment on that. Um, but I'm really, really invested in everybody having a kick-ass time. Okay, so you have the dream. So the first leg, which is usually the left, if you think about a five-pointed star, it's what limiting belief do you have about it? Just just bring up to your awareness the limiting belief. My limiting belief about my book. You know, it used to be in the past, my grammar and punctuation, you know, because I'd gotten so um, kicked around about that. I think now it's about, I'm going to put all this work into this book. And what if it falls flat? And that can be like, that's, I remember Hans King saying to me, because I had that with the screenplay and he's like, will you stop worrying about the outcome? Just do the friggin' project. And I had this project I wrote called Girl Out of Brooklyn, which I will revisit one day. So I know it doesn't matter because I have another friend who wrote a book and it didn't become a bestseller. She's still getting clients from it. It's still helping people. So I would change the belief system into, it doesn't matter. I just need to get this material out there. And I can't wait for the people's hands that it is in to be excited by it. But then I would take it further because Gabby Bernstein talks about when she wrote her book, 
And uh, before she put it out there, she visualized every single day, somebody sitting on a park bench, this one particular person sitting on a park bench and the book changing her life. And that book became like a bestseller. So it's like, change the belief to something successful, but don't be married to it. So then the second leg is what character trait do you need to create to make it happen? So the first leg was what limiting belief do you have about this dream? And then the second leg, it's the right one because left is about um, receiving. It's also feminine energy. Right is about doing and it's masculine energy. That's me. Left can also be past. Right can be future. In tarot cards, we read them as left as past and, and right as future, um, even in the card itself. So what, uh, what character trait do you need to create to make it happen? This better be recording. I'm going to check my garage band. Yes, it is. Good. What character trait do you need to believe to create to make it happen? So a character trait for me, hmm, let me think about it. While you think about it, I'm going to think about it too. That what I have to share is important. There you go. So what does that mean? Belief in myself. Um, hmm. That's a good, this is a good question for me. I picked a hard one. Usually I pick a goal that I've worked through a lot, but this is a new one for me. What other character trait do I need? Passion. Pa ah, here it is. Here it is. He just dropped it in. So it's passion to working at something and not worrying about the end result. So the character trait is trust. They're right. It's trust. Because I have to just trust that this is something I love doing. And that's all that matters. And it's not easy to write a book, right? But I love doing it. So I trust that I'm just supposed to be in the journey of writing the book no matter what, because it's going to be a great experience for me. So trust is the character trait or character trait can be courage, can be um, love for yourself, can be um, tenacity, can be assertiveness, whatever it may be. I have a lot of tenacity and assertiveness. Left arm. So the left arm of the star. What mantra do you need to say to receive guidance from the universe? And this is going to be um, attached to that limiting belief from an old or a, like maybe an old dream. So um, I tried to write the book before or um, I think about an idea. Now I got to stay with the book because I have so many of these I can go to. So I didn't do it before. Why am I going to do it now? What there's a limiting belief there or um, it could be what's going to make this so great or why is it whatever limiting belief you could be, or it could be an old dream where something didn't come to fruition and you're seeing a limitation. Like why is this one going to happen if the others didn't happen? So you want to write a mantra around it. And my mantra can be, think about your mantra while I think about mine. You know, what my mantra is I'm so excited to create time to write. I'm so excited to write. I'm so excited to share my guide's teaching with all of you. I'm so excited. That, that already just shifted my heart a million. Okay, so now the right arm is what action step do you need to take in the next 24 hours? What action step do you need to take in the next 24 hours? So this trips people up, right? But you break things down into little action steps, the lowest hanging fruit. So you're, so an action step could be, um, I'm going to email my friend who has that business coach. I'm going to go join the, uh, the SAS experience, join SAS.com. Little plug. Um, I'm going to look at that video about that, uh, the person who wrote the help and see how they succeeded even after so many, after so many perceived failures or whatever, so many no's. Um, so it could be little, it could be little. In Soul Finder Academy, I make them, um, contact someone that they admire. And it's not about getting a response. It's just about the action of doing it because that's building character. I once, I don't want to give names yet. I contacted a famous director that I knew and he was attached to that ex of mine. And, uh, and I wasn't talking to the ex and I wrote, we were, I got along great with the director and, but we lost touch and I was an actress now and I wanted to see if he would help me. And I wrote him this very vulnerable card and I got a response from his assistant. I mean, this is like an Academy Award winning director. And he said, oh yeah, you know, blah, 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 we'll meet with you. 
And I was so excited because he had told me when I broke up with my boyfriend, you know, stay in touch with me. I want to stay in touch with you. We were, fr- we were friendly. And I didn't because it was just a very hard breakup. And then um, I was so excited. I was like, oh, great. He answered my card. I can't wait to see him and talk to him and maybe he'll help me. I mean, Academy Award winning director. And then I got a message like, uh, he doesn't feel like he can do anything for you. Now, talk about disappointment. Now, I don't know if he talked to my ex at that time. My ex said, you can't help her or whatever. Who the heck knows? I don't think so. But that could have been the case. Who knows what it is? Or, you know, he's get someone like gets that gets hit up a lot. I, at that point, I was really upset. At this point, I, I could care less because I get it. I get it when people hit you up and you just don't have the time. Um, but I didn't care. You know, I don't care that I wrote that letter. And it was an embarrassing letter to write because you know that, that he was very close with my ex. They were like father and son. They, were, they aren't father and son, but they were like that. So I think I said that, whatever, it doesn't matter. So um, he, that was vulnerable for me because I know that story was shared. But so there was shame, but nah, I'm so glad I did it. Courage, courage, courage. It's like calling the guy and asking him out on a date, which I did. And he told me no. Courage, courage. I hung up that phone like, good for me. So what is the action step that you can take in the next 24 hours? It doesn't have to be huge because I want you to have success. So mine may be, I'm really way too busy to deal with the book right now. I promise you I'm doing it this year, Um, committing to it on this podcast. But my action step could be looking at my calendar because January and February are pretty full. Um, Starting in March, putting time in my calendar now because that's what I do with the podcast, right? I record these on Mondays. So putting in my calendar now when I'm going to start doing the book. And I notice myself, if I put something two months ahead and I start doing it, I energetically get ready for my body that that time, nobody else can have that time. Okay. And then that's the right arm. So what action step do you need to take? And then the last thing is the crown. And the crown is about connection to the universe. And this is about synchronicity. And when you put the other four legs, the two legs and the two arms in place, you just want to be open and listen to inspiring thoughts because whether it's clairaudience, claircognizance, I know a lot of these terms don't make sense to a lot of people and I will share more down the line about them. But for the sake of time, inspiring thoughts are when you have that feeling like call so-and-so, go do such and such, watch blah, 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 do this. And it feels good. And it's your own voice. It's not some like foreign sounding voice coming in like, I think you should. I can't do it. I can never do dialects. I was horrible at that. I tried. I couldn't. Um, except Brooklyn. Uh, stronger Brooklyn than what I have. So do that. Like just open up your crown chakra to inspiration and watch the thoughts flood in. But also watch opportunities presenting themselves around you when you become more conscious. It could be somebody telling you to read a book. It could be, and you hear it three times, or it could be, um, some line you hear on TV, or it could be, it's happening to me all the time. I feel like I live in synchronicity. Every moment is like taking me to another moment. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Wow, that's cool. Wow, that's cool. Then I go, oh, wait, wait, look at that. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's really cool. That's, so you just want to pay attention to things you hear, things you see, things you feel, things you know, um, things you smell, open up all your senses. I am an out of the box teacher. Get out of the friggin' box. It's going to change your life. All right, so I'm going to go over those steps because I went through them fast. I'm just going to summarize them now. And then we're going to end this podcast for today. Till next week. So the star, you want to think of a goal. Think of a dream you have. The first leg is on the left. It's what limiting belief do you have about it? The second, and then rewrite it. Rewrite that limiting belief. Second leg is what character trait do you need to create to make it happen? What character trait do you need to build? The left arm is what mantra do you need to have? I am abundant. I am some, I would make it a little bit more intricate. Like the one I did, like I am passionate about writing because it really is fun. Make it a little bit more like that, a little more engaged than just like, I am beautiful. You are. Um, Right arm is what action step do you need to take in the next 24 hours? And then the crown is being opened to inspiration. All right, guys, if you like this podcast, please rate it. If you don't like it, leave. Um, Share it leave a review. And if you have feedback, please email us at care. No, wrong one. Email us at, we have a lot of emails. I have a team. Uh, Info 
at whocanitbenowpodcast.com. Info at whocanitbenowpodcast.com. Um, email us there and let us know. And if there's things you want to learn, definitely email me because you'll be giving me information. And um, I, I remember, check out joinsass.com. I know these are supposed to be evergreen, but that URL will probably be alive for a while. So I'm not worried about it. Life happens. I'm sure everybody figures that out. How many times I buy a book and it says, go to this URL and get this download. And I go to the URL and it's not there anymore. I'm not like mad at the author. It's like, whatever. I understand. So I might've just talked about things that are over technically, technically over people's heads, but that's okay. Not everybody. You'd be surprised. Um, And that's it, I think. So until next time, we still haven't found the tagline. Um, Who can it be now? Let's open the door and see. Just doesn't feel right yet, but I'll find it eventually. Hopefully before episode 200. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really hope that you got a lot out of this and I'm sending you a ton of love. Bye.